May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be ever pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Good morning on this glorious, glorious, cloudless uh, first Sunday after Easter. Last Sunday, Mother Elizabeth Marie completed her Easter sermon with a question for all of us. Will you be like Mary and testify to what you have seen? Well, as your deacon, and it's Easter one, let me be the first and let it start with me. 368 days ago, I found myself in a moment of terror. I was experiencing unstable angina, otherwise known as chest pain. And after notifying my provider, I heard the response, do not move from where you are. I'm going to send a couple of cath lab nurses to come get you. I protested for a brief but admittedly naive second that I was perfectly capable of walking over from clinic. Little disclaimer here, just because you wear a lab coat does not mean that you are immune from the inexplicable evaporation of common sense. (laughs) Without warning, if only for a moment. I responded after another jolt of chest pain hit me. I think I'll just have a seat right here and wait for the ride. A few short minutes later, from around the corner, two nurses in a wheelchair flew around on two wheels, and just remember, there are four on a wheelchair. The driver of the chair looked at me, though breathing hard, said, have a seat, you must be Scott, we're taking you to the cath lab. And we were off, rolling at a good clip, as in walking as fast as you possibly can without actually jogging. The nurse walking alongside me then said apologetically, I'm so sorry, I meant to introduce myself. I'm Faith. She didn't say, my name is Faith. She said, I am Faith. Imagine my head in this moment. (laughs) So I looked up, my head was kind of spinning, and the other from behind me, the capable hands and the massive horsepower pushing me and my 30 pounds heavier weight down that hallway said from behind me, and I am hope. Now I ask you, what would be your response in that moment? (laughs) You can't be serious. You got to be kidding me. Honestly, I couldn't tell you what I said, but I know in that moment, I do remember what I felt. I felt peace. I felt comfort. I felt thanks be to God that in a moment that I was living into fear and insecurity, that the Holy Spirit was swirling around me in the physical form of two nurses, hope and faith, among the 15 on duty in the cath lab that afternoon who just happened to be available at the time to come fetch a stubborn patient. And by the way, I forgot to say this at the 745 service, all went well, one stent and 30 pounds lost later, so it's all good. But something that I've said before, and it's worth calling out again, fear is a thief. A thief that robs us from being in the present moment. 
by consuming us with thoughts of what may or may not happen. Just like Thomas's doubt as to whether something did or did not happen in the past. And in the vein of always assume good intent, what if we spent our days looking for the intersections of the Holy Spirit in the moments of our lives, even the most mundane, routine, or unlikely? What if we were just open to it as opposed to the stress and badness that is so easy to cloud our vision? our vision, or our spiritual awareness from the seen and the unseen. And the unseen, I ask you to consider, are the very intersections of the Holy Spirit and our lives. Today, we learn of how Thomas was consumed with the need for visible and absolute proof that Jesus had risen and come to be among them. A week later, He would get his proof when Jesus again stood among them and Thomas places his finger in the mark of the nails that held Jesus on the cross and then professes, my Lord and my God. Jesus responds, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me and have yet come to believe. Now, to be clear, I'm not here to vilify Thomas. Doubt can be a force to fortify our faith. Much as running into the wind or uphill makes us stronger, or a scientist who discovers challenges some medical or clinical convention only to make a discovery that saves lives. As an example, on the third day after my birth, 57 years ago, my mother got out of bed to go to the restroom. And at that moment, her obstetrician walked into the room and admonished her, what do you think you're doing? And my mother sheepishly said, well, I really need to go to the bathroom. And he said, you get back in the bed and do not let your feet touch the floor for another three days. If you need to go to the bathroom, you'll ring the call bell and you'll ask for a bedpan. That's why God invented bedpans. Well, today... Due to the wisdom of challenging postpartum protocol, we now know that getting out of bed as quickly as possible, well, it results in less blood clots, which in turn results in less pulmonary embolisms, which are blood clots that travel to the lungs. And thus the incidence of death in this population has decreased. Today's gospel encourages us to be faithful and believe, to trust, There is a temptation then to say that doubting is bad and belief is good. But I would challenge that perspective. Certainly, we encounter doubt every day in our lives, but it's the presence of trust that allows us to process information so that even when we cannot see, we can believe. We seldom if ever, have unequivocal proof of anything. So how can we ever be certain? I I can't see love, but I know that I, with every fiber of my being, have been in love with my wife since I was a teenager. I know that little Marsley, the moment you first connected her eyes to yours as parents, your heart 
would have exploded with joyous love beyond your ability to understand as God is constantly at work on the unseen in our lives. That is a bill, a beyond our ability to comprehend. But believe me, my brothers and sisters and my fellow spiritual companion, uh, companions in Christ, it's every bit is real. One of the greatest blessings that we encounter as Christians is the freedom to admit when we have doubts. Our faith is not linear. We are not perfect. And at the same time, as faithful Christians, we should have the fearlessness to ask tough questions concerning our faith and our traditions. It facilitates our learning and understanding. Doubt is not a lack of faith. I ask you to consider that doubt and faith are two sides of the same coin. They're the yin and the yang, if you would, of Christian life. According to Paul Tillich, doubt isn't the opposite of faith. It's an element of faith. Rather than suppress our doubts, we should explore them and allow them to set us on a journey of discovery and a deepening of our beliefs and convictions. Doubt can be a wonderful tool that propels us into profound learning, earnest soul-searching, and spiritual revelation. I imagine that we all struggle with our own doubts brought on about by life's unpredictability and tempestuous nature. We have very real struggles in our lives that generate an uncertainty about where God is to be found in the midst of all the turmoil and trauma. Faith is a daily ongoing exercise. It's a risk. Doubts arise. We struggle with God. And hopefully, faith, grounded in the goodness of God, triumphs, even when we don't have all the answers or life does not make sense. The author of Hebrews writes, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Catholic priest Henry Nguyen has a quote that has been a lifeboat to many who find themselves overcome with the waves of life's stormy doubts. He writes, have the courage to trust that you will not fall into an abyss of nothingness, but instead into the embrace of a God whose love can heal all wounds. Faith is not void of doubt and requires a daily commitment to developing our spiritual walk despite life's uncertainties and sometimes cruelties. Faith doesn't take away our doubts, but it is strengthened by them. And faith doesn't deliver us from our problems and heartaches, but it gives us the strength to persevere through them and to lead others as well as they navigate around the abyss of nothingness. As Bishop Curry reflected in his Easter message, we're all here in a world struggling to find its soul. But the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, cannot, and will not overcome it. My friends, we are all on our journey on the cross and all at different points along the way. And as we celebrate the season of Easter, we're invited to live into our faith, to live into the unseen, the good of the unseen, the faith of the unseen the unseen intersections of the Holy Spirit and our lives. Each of us, beloved children of God, is a light in the darkness of doubt, a light to each other, 
a light to scatter any darkness from the path before us of those whom we hold most closely in our hearts and with those whom we intersect by choice or by chance. Let us pray. Life is short, and we do not have too much time to gladden the hearts of those who traveled away with us. So be swift to love and make haste to be kind. And may the divine mystery who is beyond our ability to know, but who made us and who loves us and who travels with us, fill our hearts to love and serve the Lord. Amen. The Chapel of the Cross is an Episcopal church in the heart of Chapel Hill and the university community. Find out more at thechapelofthecross.org. There you can find our latest news and events, connect with our pastoral care team, Faith in Action Ministries, and offer a prayer request. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram at the Chapel of the Cross, and on Facebook and Twitter at C-O-T-C, Chapel Hill. May you be nourished by the word to serve in the world.